The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh, and I'm sick of crying, and I'm low on tissues. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think, Corn pop, that's a cereal, not a gangster. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't if we sit around and do a lot of absorbing instead of doing humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? We got radio rent coming up in about uh, 11 days. I'll let you know why. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. We're really close to Father's Day, so I'll just bring this up. I'm talking about things like when God is growing up your kids and being more of a parent to them than you are, and you're watching it, and you're seeing it, and you're proud that the Lord is working in their lives, and you're sad that you're kind of not the best parent in the world. That kind of stuff, that's what we're talking about. Hey, if you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question— that's an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. We want you to reach out to us. Not a kvetch fest, not a place just to complain, but you can ask questions. You can share praise reports. You can share prayer requests. We're going to be praying for one of our very own who's in the hospital, we found out, so we'll be praying in just a few minutes on that. But I want to make sure you know how to access us and how to be a part of it. It's not uh, something you have to sign up for. It's not something you have to send in your credit card for. It's not any of that. This is fellowship. Brothers and sisters in Christ, strengthening one another as we see the day of Jesus Christ, his return, approaching faster and faster and faster. Here is the bottom line. Reach out to us. Call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. Let me explain to you what that's like. That's like when you're working on something and you're like trying to figure it out and da da da, and then you get it. Oh, now I know what to do. That's what it's like when you're talking to Captain Chris, and then you will be. Sailing to 
I'm you, I record my voice and do a con- conversation with myself. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing fine. <laughs> my name is Chris. I mean, is that the way to do that? Okay. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Okay. Uh, you can also text us 214-210-8483. 214-210-8483. Don't call that number. I cannot answer it if you call. We can only do the text. 214-210-8483. Also, email us, david at he must increase.org. You can do that live during the show, david at he must increase.org. We move a little slower, but we get there, david at he must increase.org. We're going to send you up to the website. A couple things we're going to tell you first, then we'll talk about the website. Yesterday's show, if you did not hear it, is worth listening to. I would encourage you to go to the website and check out yesterday's show. I think it has a lot of pertinent information for people to process, especially the the things that are going on around us right now. The other element there is that that is a great place to give. And if you don't like giving through the internet, through a website, which is fine, there's information on how to give directly to the ministry. That's another reason we send you there. We don't like, I dislike talking about money, but we need money to make it work. Sorry, that's just what it is. It's like, I don't really talk about oxygen, but guess what? I need it. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is when want you to go to the website, make sure to check out the podcast from yesterday's show. It's definitely worth it. And if you can give, great. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> and that's definitely a bowling ball crashing into pins, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's a squeak toy. Okay, a squeak toy. <laughs> that's a good one. A squeak toy. Okay. Uh, kind of like I did the other day. Um, okay, let's pray. We've got Deborah is in the hospital, our very own Deborah, and uh, she uh, helped with the help of Susie. She kind of she got there because she needed a little bit of assistance. And one of the things that Susie texted me is that sometimes when she goes because she's in assisted living, people kind of like you know steal stuff from her, which is like you're stealing from somebody who's partially blind and they're in the hospital. It's like well, that's that's awful. So we're gonna pray for her health and her protection as well as protection upon her materials. As well as I want to pray health for the body. We got a lot of people that are hurting, and that is important. It's important for us to understand. It's important for us to bear those burdens. It's important for us to remember Nola, which is John's uh, granddaughter. We need to keep these things at the forefront of our thoughts and prayers to be a people that reflect Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Bring your faith with mine. Just come on, pull it all together, and let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, and first and foremost, we thank you and praise you. Because you're awesome. You are so fantastic to us. You're so kind. Your mercy is just without limit. We do so many things incorrectly, Lord, and you just you just pour your mercy upon us, and you love us, and you hold us close. Now, Deborah is a dear sister of ours, and we are asking, she's your daughter, and we are asking that you would bring physical healing to her body as she's going through a struggle right now. And at the same time, we're asking for protection on her materials. We pray that angels of God would protect that material. Put them there to kind of protect for people that are doing just terrible things. It's sad. And we just ask you, Lord, to bring her healing to a quick 
speedy recovery and that she might be able to get back home and get back situated. And we also, Lord, pray for a lot of other people. We've got Nola, who's a granddaughter of John. We just ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring just a miraculous healing for her life. And we've got different brothers and different sisters who are hurting right now. People are having a lot of back pain. They're having a lot of different struggles. They're having diseases that they're fighting against. We are, we are way undermatched alone. But in you and with you, there is nothing that can stop the deliverance and the grace and the power of God. And so we ask you, as your children, to pour out your power. Because nothing is impossible for you. Pour out your power into these people's lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we want to be praying for them. And it doesn't mean you have to go around all day and, you know, with your head down and, you know, looking for, like you're looking for nickels on the ground or something. What it really means is that you're mindful and you're just thoughtful. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got, oh, yeah, I want to pray for Nola. Oh, yeah, I want to pray for Deborah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing we need to have happening amongst us. All right, let's get into the teach because. Believe it or not, we, we, it's not something I want to teach. <laughs> I I, yeah, people appreciate that. We'll never make the times today. So just so you can know, just we'll just go with the flow. What else is new? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1, Melchizedek. Remember? So I'm going to pick it up actually from 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now we're in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, met Abraham and blessed him as he returned from defeating the kings. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, or genealogy, having neither beginning of, day, beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Wow. I mean, this is so much here. So let's nail down a couple of really important things before we go anywhere else. Abraham paid a tithe to Melchizedek. So what happens is people will say, oh, well, we don't have to pay tithes because we're not under the law. Cool. Except this isn't under the law. The law didn't come about till Exodus. This is in Genesis. This is before the law. Abraham was still paying a tenth. That's number one. Number two, that's just so you can know. Number two, Abraham gave a tenth, and some translations say a tenth of everything, but that was everything from the spoils that Abraham had captured in the warfare encounter. And you think, well, how do you know that? There's three ways you know it. The word for everything is meridizo. In the Greek, it means a share. Abraham did not go home and collect a tenth of everything he had at his home and then came back and gave it to Mel. He, he gave him a tenth of what he, over, what he took on the process. And you think, well, how can you be sure? Because verse 4 says, now consider how great this man was. Even Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the plunder. Not of the home base. Of the plunder. You understand? Of the plunder. I can't say that again. I could because it's a fun word to say. Plunder. Okay, here's the bottom line. So Abraham went to war. He had a tremendous victory. God gave it to him. In route on the way back, he, he encounters Melchizedek, who is a Christ type. And you're thinking, what's a Christ type? 
That's somebody who reflects Jesus Christ in the ministry that Jesus has. He doesn't have a heritage that's talked about. It's not talked really about his parents. Jesus definitely not born in the normal way. He's the only other person you read about that has no end of days like like that. The way it's it's like this guy's like a reflection of Jesus. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. But the bottom line is Abraham, who was one of the most powerful people in all the Bible, gave a tenth of the spoil— to Mel. That's right, I call him Mel. And so if you think of, yeah, Melchizedek, but it's still Mel. That's not wrong. And so here, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, met Abraham, blessed him on the return from defeating the kings. Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which means king of peace. And who is the Prince of Peace but Jesus? So all these connections are like going, this guy's like a forerunner, a gospel ahead of time person telling people, see how this guy came on the scene? See how this guy is the King of Peace? See how this guy is in charge? How he's the King of Righteousness? Where does our righteousness come from? It comes from Jesus. Where does our peace come from? It comes from Jesus. This guy is a Christ type as God gives witness to humanity, oh, all of this before there's a law. We're not even at Exodus yet. Abraham gives him a tenth. Why? Because Abraham knew that what he got was by the grace of God. And only by the grace of God do you have anything that you have. I'm not saying that so you give to this ministry. I'm just telling you what the text says. We'll take a break, then we'll come back, and you'll see the next part of it, which will make you much less uh, happy. <laughs> but I love you. Uh, here, you're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand, we've talked about this before, you've heard some of my testimony, if you want to really get a better hand on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle, and then otherwise it's like seven bucks or something. That's not very much. Uh, it's a kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church, right? That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, He said, Surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he 
bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now you just have to imagine you're on a donkey, bammo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say? Saul say, he says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our first trivia question. In the Old Testament, who ate some honey not knowing that it had been forbidden by his father. And then the dad wanted to put him to death. Just for eating some honey. Uh, If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. If you want to text in, 214-210-8483. As well, if you want to send an email, David at he must org. So we will be breaking, uh, doing a couple of breaking things. We're going to be praying, uh, just so you can know, for the U.S. and for Ukraine. We'll do that in the beginning part of next segment. And we're going to be praying for the audience. And one of the things I want to uh, pray for is frustration, because I know people are really feeling a lot of frustration. And there will be, we've told you about this before, and so we'll probably do this now because it's probably a good idea. Uh, there is uh, going to be, and I have found out this is absolutely a fact, so there's no question. You can call this prophetic and call it whatever you want. There is more news coming on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Did you know that? How do you know? I have been informed by the powers that be. Wow. There will be more news coming next week and even over the weekend, but next week for sure. And so, therefore, we are encouraging people to operate in the Christian DNA because it doesn't matter what news you do and or don't hear. The news is coming, but that shouldn't impact you if you're operating in the Christian DNA, what we're built in. And here's what we're built in. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. And that means no matter what day it is, you still spend time with the Lord because there's news coming every day. N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus has to say. The world will try to shame you. They'll even use really good arguments. But the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing. Keep that in mind. And then A, always be ready 
To serve. To serve, which puts you in the absolute best place of being aware of what the Father wants, aware of what the Holy Spirit is leading in, aware of what your opportunity to glorify Jesus exists in, and then focusing that on not an apple in a tree, but a person who can be blessed by you being a willing vessel. Okay? I don't know where apple in a tree came from. Oh, I had an apple this morning. That's why. Okay. Uh, okay. We will. <laughs> Has to come from somewhere. Uh, repeat the trivia question real quickly. In the Old Testament, who ate some honey, not knowing it had been forbidden by his father? And then his father uh, threatened to kill him. Ooh. Bowser, Bowser, who was that? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at he org. We are in this Melchizedek portion in Hebrews. Uh, we're not going to override on the—we're not just spend hours and hours and hours on the Melchizedek element. Mel, whom I like to call him Mel because it's easier than saying Melchizedek, or Melchizedek, depending on if you live in a certain place in North Carolina— uh, the bottom line to that is he is a representative, a Christ type that is shown in the gospel, as a gospel witness, I'm sorry, in the beginning in Genesis to Abraham, right? So Abraham pays him a tenth. So then you have people that are all like, uh, look, Abraham paid him a tenth of everything. Eh, wrong answer. Abraham paid him a tenth of the plunder. Let's just stay on track. Let's not try and make something uh better or worse than it is. And then you get other people saying, well, see, you know, there's the tithe, uh, and the tithe is part of the law. Nope, this is before the law. The law came after. It's got nothing to do with the law. In fact, this is a great statement to say that 10% is uh, wonderful if you're going to give it. Great. It's not under the law. You are not under a legal obligation to give 10%. I know people tell you they are. But that's wrong. Let's tell you right here. That's not what it is. It's supposed to be. Let me just explain this real carefully. You are supposed to be an, oblig an obligation to reflect God as a giver. Now, after you get down to it, all the way down, uh, by the way, giving to the point of it being a sacrifice for you, which means it's not leftovers because you don't give leftovers to God. If we're being honest, you would probably prefer the law in regards to giving because the law has less requirements than God expects in the New Testament Christian who's a giver. It's just like, what? What? No, no. See, the law had very specific numbers, but in the New Testament, it's give and give sacrificially. And the only person that got massive praise was the woman who gave everything she had. It's like, uh-oh. It's like, if you look at the scriptures from the Old Testament to New Testament, you can pull out a number from the Old Testament and say, this is my percentage. Kind of like a tax. Actually, they used to have a temple tax, which is the same process. Remember, Jesus had to pay the temple tax with the fish and everything? Well, giving in the New Testament, it's more. What do you mean it's more, Dave? It doesn't have a specific number obligation. It has a specific you be a giver and you reflect God in your giving obligation. So when you give, you just think of it in these terms. God's good for, I don't know, I guess 10%. <laughs> it's like, what? That's not even very nice to think or say. Are you under a definitive obligation to give a specific amount? I don't believe that's New Testament or New Covenant uh, correctness. I believe that theology lacks, okay? 
However, I believe the theology that does prevail is God expects you to reflect him in your giving. That, my friends, that's the call. And we ask you, we tell you, you know, pay your, your to your church, pay to this. If you have money left or you have that ability to give, great. You're, you know, we love it because we need it. We're supported that way. We, we appreciate that. But this has got nothing to do with that. Your giving has to do with your stewardship between you and God. And no man or any other person, no teacher, no anybody should tell you you need to give X amount and X amount. You need to give what's right. And I, I will tell you, I read one book one time on the giving process, and I will say I didn't like the conclusion, but the beginning of the book was really good. It said start off somewhere and give, and then let the Lord work on you and in you as you go through that process. I thought that's, that's brilliant. That's exactly how I would say to do it. Do it with the Lord. Okay, somebody ready to answer a trivia question? All right, then. Send them on through. Ahoy, this is David. Who am I talking to? Ahoy there, this is Don. Hi, brother. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing glad. Good. I'm glad. We had to try I an ahoy. One... We had to try an ahoy. We had to try it. Yeah, I wanted to let you know that we had we prayed for a friend of mine who had the surgery where he has to have his face down. Mm-hmm. And uh he's not healing very well and uh they're going to have to Give them a, they're going to have to add on another week. What's his face? What's his name? You, Charlie. 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 That Matt. was Charlie who we played for, right? Yes. All right, we're going to we're going to pray for him again before we we might have to do that in the next hour, but we're going to pray for him again. Okay? I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll do that because you know what we want to carry that burden with you. We want that well, to be something yeah. that we do. He's a real good friend, and he's he's a, a shepherd in our in the choir. And uh, anyway, he wasn't expecting anything like this. So okay, well, yeah. that, that's what you bring it before the Lord. So you take the heaviness of that burden, and we we bring it before the Lord, and, you, and we say, you know, cast our care into you because you care for us, and we need your help. That's right, brother. You know what I'm saying? That's the way yes, we sir. do it. Amen. All right, now I'm going to make you answer the trivia question. Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right, I'm just making sure. All right, here you go. In the Old <laughs> Testament, who ate some honey, not knowing it had been forbidden by his father, and then his father threatened to kill him? Well, as a, I tell you, almost there was it. Almost I had to really think there for a second because then when I, it, it, it's uh, Jonathan. That is correct, sir. And because uh, I was trying to think of who else ate honey, and but when his father tried to kill him, boy, that King Saul was a bad dude. Yeah, he was bad. He was. I, I'm. He, it's funny you should say that. Just in this moment, I'll tell you what. I'm in my devotional part. I'm in Second Samuel or First Samuel twenty eight. When Saul uh, tried to get information from the Lord, the Lord wouldn't answer him, and then he went to the witch at, at Endor. And yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, this guy, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I'm not getting it here. I'm not getting it here. Okay, I'm gonna go find a witch. It's like, what, what, what? And uh, she was not a very good psychic, by the way, or a witch, because he came there and she said, "Don't you know that Saul wants to have me killed?" And I'm just thinking, well, if you were really good, you would know that Saul. Anyhow, that would be my, <laughs> that's, that's my take on that one. 
<laughs> I tell you, you know, the the Old Testament, especially like First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, those are such awesome. Yeah. Chapters. Love them. And love them. I love them. Love it. I do too, brother. No, I'm with you in that. I'm with you 100. Okay. Well, thank right. you so much. You're welcome. And we'll pray for brother. Charlie on the other side of the of the of the break. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Love you in the Lord, brother. Love you too, brother. Take care. Bye. 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 All right, folks, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind, destroying everyone and everything we find. He's the hungry giant. He's the hungry giant. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to understand. Bad news does not necessitate that there is nowhere else to go except to weep. In Psalm 112, verse 7, the scripture says, He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. It's not pie in the sky to look at the situation and go, Gosh, it's terrible, but I'm going to hold hope because hope is is the only thing I have to move past it. If it never comes about, that's fine, but I'm going to live every day believing that there's a better tomorrow. When people think of that, they think, oh, Christianity, it's a crutch. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the opiate of the, of, the, of the people, is what Karl Marx said. It takes more guts, more strength, more determination in this day and age to be a Christian and to stand in your faith than it does to be any other thing that there is, because it's the Christians who are under persecution, and it's the people of faith that are getting slaughtered, and oh, by the way, throughout the world that's taking place. Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? (laughs) No! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. (laughs) 